Hello, welcome to In the Kitchen with Brett Thorne, a food service industry podcast by Restaurant Hospitality. I'm your host, Senior Food and Beverage Editor Brett Thorne, talking to you on the cusp of Halloween, a holiday that I enjoy, but I admit it's a little strange. I get a lot of press releases about Halloween promotions, and they almost always call this time of year spooky season, or I should probably say spooky season. I'm not sure exactly what they mean by spooky. They certainly don't mean scary. I mean, what's scary about stretching cotton so it looks kind of like cobwebs and then decorating it with obviously fake giant spiders and plastic skeletons? I mean, if you used real spiders and actual skeletons, that might be a little scary, but you would definitely get pushback from your neighbors and maybe the police. I live in a neighborhood in uh, New York City that is particularly conducive to the Halloween mood. That neighborhood is Park Slope in Brooklyn, and it has lots of old and elegant brownstone houses that actually do look pretty spooky at any time of year. And there are lots of big old trees whose leaves are changing colors and falling to the ground, reminding us, or me at least, of the impending slumber and death that comes with winter. That, to me, is the Halloween spirit. Park Slope is also a very family-friendly neighborhood, so many of the houses are decorated with those fake cobweb spiders, jack-o'-lanterns, and bats. One house in my neighborhood last year broke with that standard protocol and actually had a giant fake tick that appeared to be climbing up their house. It was like eight feet tall and had a giant glowing green body. Not cool. Give me all the spiders you want, but ticks? No, 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 no. Of course, Halloween is really a time of weird, time of year to wear costumes and eat candy. It's a time to break out of your normal habits, get a little wild, and to pretend. So I guess it's appropriate that my guest this week pretends for a living. She's an actor. I think, in fact, she's my first guest to be a movie actor. Her name is Selena Tan, and she had a small role in the 2018 film Crazy Rich Asians. She was one of the friends of the male romantic lead's mother. Uh, And she's been in a lot of films, actually, and will be in the upcoming Jennifer Lopez film Shotgun Wedding, which uh, I believe is supposed to come out in January of next year. She also has her own film production company. But I was speaking to Selena Tan about her family's new restaurant, Daisy's Dream NYC, which is at the new Urban Hawker Food Court here in New York City, in Midtown Manhattan. We spoke about Peranakan culture, the food culture of Singapore, and what she hopes for the new restaurant. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Selena Tan. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. I enjoyed nice to meet you, in, you too. In, I, Thank you. I enjoyed you in Crazy Rich Asians very much. Great film. Um, yes, but I want to talk to you about your family restaurant and what you're opening and uh, Peranakan culture. I, I lived in, uh, in Thailand for a while, so I'm kind of distantly familiar with Peranakan culture. I've, I've been to Malaysia and Singapore and eaten a lot of the delicious but- food, so... It's, it's not it's not that far off. I mean, Peranakan um, cuisine, uh, mm-hmm. just like Thai cuisine, is very rich, uh, you know, very full of flavors. Uh, so, you know, you, you probably are 
you, you I, I'm sure you would love Peranakan food. You've, yeah, had, you've had Peranakan food. Sure, yeah. I've been to uh, Malacca and Penang and Kuala Lumpur. Oh, wonderful. The food there. And of course, there's a large Chinese community in Bangkok also that is. Yes. They're also largely Hokkien, Daju, that kind of people. So I, I, I believe yeah. that the, the culture yeah. is rather, rather similar. Um, but yeah. why don't why don't you tell our audience about uh, briefly about Peranakan culture and uh, and the cuisine? Well, you know, I, I won't I won't pretend at all to be an expert about Peranakan culture oh. because, uh, you know, I mean, growing up in Singapore, uh, uh, we are surrounded by so such a we're such a hot pot of of everyone really. Uh, what it is is that my my dear mom, my mom, Daisy herself, um, at the age of 60, when she retired and she had raised us all, uh, five of us, decided that she would uh, live her dream, which is to start up her own food business uh, with her own recipes over the years and my grandmother's recipes. And my grandmother, basically, because they all grew up in a Peranakan kampong, well, kampong is like a little village mm-hmm. uh, made out of huts, basically, um, uh, she had all the Peranakan recipes uh, with her, passed down to my aunties and then to my mother, of course. Uh, so my mother at 60 took up a really small stall in a hawker centre, what is called a hawker centre in Singapore. Uh, if, if, you, you've been to, if anybody who has been to Singapore will know that a hawker centre is just a, a, a collection of different hawkers who, who sell different types of food. You know, they could be chicken rice or chicken wings. There is a famous scene in Crazy Rich Asians where they first arrive in, in, in Singapore, they go straight to Newton Hawker Center and it's just full of all these different food stalls and they just, Singaporeans just live to eat basically, you know, we're just, yeah, we're really in, in into our food. And so she started off a small stall called Daisy's Dream uh, Kitchen, which was in, um, uh, Tiong Baru Hawker Center and then it grew into a bigger restaurant and then a bigger restaurant so now there's one flagship big restaurant that's in Singapore at Rifle Range Road called uh, Daisy's Dream Kitchen that serves a full Peranakan menu uh, complete with ayam buah keluar and all kinds of uh, uh, desserts as well uh, and then my brother who has now taken on a lot of the cooking one of my brothers, actually both of my brothers are involved, but one of them has now flown to New York uh, together with me uh, and I'm sort of helping out in the uh, establishment of the, the food um, stall here called Daisy's Dream NYC at Urban Hawker. Uh, it's on uh, 50th Street, at number 135. Uh, very close to Times Square, which is great for me because I get to watch the shows. So we, we just um, started out here and people are really taking on to it. There's, since the soft launch, a lot of people have come. It's nice to see Singapore so represented here and to see Peranakan culture represented through Daisy's Dream here in NYC. And and uh, for our audience members who, who don't know, Peranakan culture is the culture of Chinese people who moved to the Malay Peninsula, now Malaysia and Singapore, and then mostly men, and they married Malay women. And the result is Chinese cuisine with Malay flavors. Did I I get it right? 
Well, yeah, essentially that's it. So now Peranakans are known as straits-born Chinese. Yeah. So uh, after the, the migration of the Chinese population, and they were mostly men, of course, seeking out you know, their fortune in a new world in Southeast Asia, uh, down the Straits of Malacca, from Penang, all the way down to the, the port that is Singapore. Uh, and uh, they, they, they intermingled, they intermarried, and then they became straight born Chinese. So in a way, um, I mean, I, I am a straight born Chinese because you know I, I'm first generation, uh, not not first generation. I am third generation um, in in Singapore right now. So uh, our cult, uh, our cuisine is very tied up into the Malay. Um, there's a lot of sambal. There's a lot of chilies. A lot of uh, use of the herbs and spices that uh, you would find in Malay food as well. In fact, some of the dishes, uh, there, there would be like a Malay version of the dish, a pure Malay version of the dish, and then the pure, uh, a more nonia. Nonia is like a, 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 the woman, the female Peranakan version of uh, the food, like laksa, for instance, which is one of my mom's specialities. Uh, you, nonia laksa is, uh, is a, it has a very distinct coconut taste. On its own, it's very rich. It's creamy. Uh, it's got um, sometimes it's got chicken in it. It's got some prawn in it. It's it's with served up with uh, noodles. And then there are of course other Malay versions of laksa, uh, whether they are Sarawak laksa or you know or, or Pilang laksa. Um, so it's that's how you know that the, there's just so much different stuff going on in those streets that um, you have to experience it and i think it's a this is a great taster in new york at the food hall here at urban hawker to be able to get a, your 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 tongue in i suppose and just like you know start tasting those um special herbs and spices and laksa is a, is a type of coconut curry right yeah it is a coconut curry uh with uh, noodles in it uh yeah vermicelli really yes the little glass noodles Right? Yes. Delicious. Yes. I love that kind of food. Exactly. So what is the food going to be like at Daisy? Is, is it going to be called Daisy's Dream. Green Dream Kitchen? Daisy's Dream NYC. Daisy's Dream Daisy's NYC. Daisy's Dream NYC. Yeah. Um, right now, they are serving, um, uh, as, as part of this food hall, right. uh, they are serving just the, 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 special, the, the Peranakan specialties, which are your Nonia Laksa, Mm-hmm. And your nonia nasi lemak, so that's a coconut fragrant, uh, coconut rice, uh, with uh, fried deep fried anchovies and peanuts, and a very nice thick, uh, sweet and spicy sambal. A sambal is like a, a chili jam almost. I guess it's like a chili jam, yep. and with some eggs, um, as well. And uh, they have um, uh, nonia curry chicken, which is like a well, it's, it's a, it's, as, as the name is, it's a it's chicken, boneless chicken with curry and potatoes. You can eat it with like French toast or you can eat it with the nasi lemak rice or just plain rice. It's absolutely delicious. And they have my mom's specialty from, uh, from a restaurant. I'm salivating myself. I, I need to go eat after this. Uh, my, my grandma used to make these uh, amazing meatballs called ngo hyangs. Ngo hyangs are... Um, and, well, they're filled with uh, uh, minced pork, uh, prawn, minced prawn, uh, 
diced onions uh, and then water chestnut to give you a little bit of crunch. Uh, and they are sort of rolled uh, with a bean curd uh, skin. And then they, they, they get cut up into small balls, which is the way my grandma used to make them. And then they are deep fried. Uh, and you serve it with a little sweet sauce and some chili on the side. It is, you can't have one. You got to have a hundred. It's it, it, it just, you guys got to keep going. Yeah, I've had those before. And and that sweet chili sauce is so captivating. And something it, it that I, I, I think that uh, that entire region has in common, that sweet chili sauce, that actually is also becoming more popular in the United States now, the yeah, season. I mean, you know, the world is such a small place now, you know, I mean, there's like cuisine and, and food is such a, as you know, you know, it's, it's such a great ambassador for, 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 for places and people. So it's, it's wonderful seeing, uh, yesterday we had like kind of the grand opening and uh, the mayor uh, was here and the, the Singapore ambassador to the UN was here. And it was nice to see people from all walks of life and the uh, different ethnicity and everything and enjoying Singaporean food. It, it kind of brings a tear to your eye. Yeah. Well, I mean, Singapore is one of the culinary capitals of the world. I mean, there's such a wonderful variety of food there. And, and you grew up in Singapore, right? Yes, born and, born and raised, bred, everything. I still live there with my family. And, and you, it, so was your family's main business when you were growing up? Was it the restaurant or did you have a lot of different things? No, my, my parents, uh, my, my, my dad, um, is uh, a, a military man, uh, was a military man. He's retired now. Uh, so he, he's, when I was growing up, I have, I have four younger siblings. So there are five of us. Um, and we, we, you know, my dad was in the army the whole time. Uh, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she, she dabbled with a lot of other small businesses just to make ends meet because there were five of us to feed. And right. uh, she became... Um, very adept at uh, making these recipes work for us and, and, you know, sort of stretching the dollar and getting the good stuff in while, you know, while, while making it tasty for us. So I think that's how I, I like to think that uh, we are the reason she honed her skills <laughs> as a chef. And um, yeah, but, and, and she, she, she's got a wonderful palate. My mom, my mom does, she can go out for a meal with us and she can say, Oh, you know what? Uh, this is what they have going in this meal. And then she'll go back and she'll recreate it. And we'll go like, how did you do it? You just made it better. Um, and so she, she's just one of those uh, naturally gifted um, uh, chefs. So uh, and though she's never cooked in a professional kitchen or gone to culinary school. At 60, when she said she was going to start up this food business, uh, we were not particularly encouraging. We said, you know, why don't you relax and go into retirement and we'll look after you. And she's like, no, 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 I got to do this. And, you know, and in the last just 12 years now, uh, she's really, we've, we've, we've actually reached New York City. So kudos to her. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. It has to be yeah. hard to run a restaurant in Singapore just because food is, is sort of central to the culture, right? And so getting people excited about your food as opposed to the next stall's food, that has to be quite an accomplishment. So the amazing thing, you, you hit it right on the, on the nail. And, and the amazing thing is that people get excited really quickly when there's a new stall opening up and you only have like, you know, this little bit of uh, leeway, you know, you make one small margin of error and then they're 
they're, they're gone. I mean, the, we are, as Singaporeans, we're highly critical of, of uh, our food. I mean, there's a lot of it everywhere. And, and, and um, but we, 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 it is really a tough business to go into. And so for the, for this restaurant, um, to have lasted 12 years and it's been voted, uh, I think Singapore's top Peranakan restaurant. I, I can't remember which year now, but uh, for that to happen, it, it really is a testament to the fact that my mom and my brother just don't give up on, on quality control. You know, I mean, they, they really, uh, if, if it doesn't taste good, they don't serve it. They just, they just make sure it's perfect or as close to perfect as they can make it. Uh, and, and right now I'm here in New York with my mom uh, and my brothers uh, uh, and the chef, the other cooks are, are cooking. And my mom comes every morning at about eight and I, she stands outside, you know, where, where the sneeze guards are because she's not allowed in the kitchen. And we've said no. And she will like, oh, and, and what are you doing now? And why does it look like that? What, what's that color about? And, and she's, you know, constantly trying to make sure that everything is correct. And, and I think that's what has kept us in the game. Uh, and serving great food in Singapore uh, all this time. Did you say she's not allowed in the kitchen? No, we don't allow her in the kitchen because, you know, I mean, she's not going to be in New York long term. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've already gone through the, the transfer of knowledge process to my brother who is in the kitchen. And I think it's only right that he's given, you know, the chance to, uh, uh, you know, to, to call the kitchen how he, he, he sees fit. And, and what is your brother's name? We might as well give him credit. Roy, Roy Tan. Roy Tan, the chef at... Yes. Daisy Daisy's Dream NYC. Dream NYC, that's right. Yeah. Daisy's Dream NYC at the Urban Hawker Food Court. How, how did you end up uh, developing this connection with the Urban Hawker Food Court in New York? So this is, this is a really interesting story for Urban Hawker because... Um, many years ago, uh, I, I don't exa- I don't know the exact year, but Anthony Bourdain used to come to Singapore a lot, mm-hmm. and he loved the street food uh, and the hawker food and the food in the hawker center. You can see him enjoying the chili crab or um, you know or, and and the bihun and satay. And he made a connection with KF Sito, who is a food uh, critic and a well. Uh, TV personality and a blogger, um, so they 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 were talking about bringing Singaporean street food to New York for some time. But of course, sadly, uh, Anthony Bourdain passed away, and that that dream sort of died for a while. But Sito uh, was contacted after that uh, by some American partners who said, you know, why don't we make that dream come true, and and why don't you help curate? and bring some of the hawkers here. So I believe there are 17 stalls or 16 stalls like, uh, at, at Urban Hawker, and 11 of those stalls are uh, men, uh, uh, direct imports from Singapore. So the chefs, the, the cooks, they're, they're all from Singapore, and Sito put that together. Uh, Sito is a friend of mine uh, because in the, in this, the industry, the entertainment industry back home is quite small as well. So we kind of all know each other. So Sito gives me a call one day and says, you know, I hear your brother's, uh, your mom's restaurant. You know, I've had the food and it tastes good. We need a Peranakan representative here in our food court um, that we're doing uh, in New York. And would you like to come? And I, I just hooked him up with my brother. We decided to invest a little bit here. And, um, and here we are. Great. And, and you're in town for uh, 
the the movie Shotgun Wedding. Is that right? Well, not in town. This particular trip, I'm in town uh, to to help my brother out okay. uh, and bring my I brought my mom here. But uh, yeah, uh, Shotgun Wedding's just been announced uh, to premiere next year. I okay. think it's January twenty second or something. I I had the privilege of being a part of that movie, and we shot it during the pandemic. Um, in the Dominican Republic, actually, uh, mm. and it's taken a while for the movie to come out, but I'm so happy it it comes out in um in January next year, and 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 in it it's it's wonderful because I feel like with the food court and with the movie I really get to represent Southeast Asia because in the movie I play a, a Filipina um owner of a a, 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 a Filipino island resort, and you know it, it's just it's just nice to have that. Um, Southeast Asia flavor come out everywhere. So I, I have a, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a weird question. Have you ever had a New York dish called Singapore My Fun? Uh, Singapore My Fun as in the Singapore noodles. Yeah. Uh, is it a rice or is it bihun? It's is it bihun, a, a, the little, the little tiny noodles. Yeah, I have. And it does not exist in Singapore. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You know, I, I think it's just um, it the 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 fried vermicelli definitely exists in Singapore. Um, it, it's it's in almost every cuisine. The uh, Malays have it. The the Chinese have it. The Nonias definitely have it. The Peranakans have it. Um, but we don't. We just don't call it the Singaporean noodle. I I, I guess when you're in, I don't know when you have a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. Do you call it the Philly cheesesteak? You do. I, do you I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you just called it cheesesteak. So yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You guys so have stir fried noodles. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny. It's one of my favorite dishes, and and I've seen Singaporeans come to the United States and say, "What? We don't have this in uh, in uh, in Singapore." Well, when I lived in Bangkok, actually, there was something called American fried rice, kalpat American, that was fried rice with pieces of hot dog in it that. I, oh I certainly never had it in the United States and I wouldn't recommend you eat it in Thailand. It's not, it's <laughs> not their best, uh, especially since you can have Thai fried rice. Um, it's interesting how uh, cuisines are reinterpreted everywhere. Yeah. And that's exciting. But, but it sounds like what you're trying to, to reproduce in New York is the same as the food in Singapore or are there differences that you have to like adjust or anything like that? We, we did. My brother, my brother had to do a lot of R and D, I suppose they came earlier. They had to check the suppliers. Um, not everything is a hundred percent, uh, well, the same, uh, you know, some like, like instead of Charlotte's, they had to move to onions. I mean, it's just that certain textures are different. Certain intensities are different. Uh, and then certain, um, items are, are, are more difficult to or more expensive um so he he's had to tweak things along but i just i just as in literally just finished a bowl of laksa and oh. uh I, I must say it is apart from the fact that the noodles here are a little bit thinner than the noodles back home uh i would say it is we're, we're practically on par well that's great are, are yeah I, are there any flavors that just don't translate that well? Well, you talked about the intensity, and there are things like the uh, the shrimp paste blachan that uh, yeah. is it's funky uh, to Western palates. 
but it also is sort of intrinsic to a lot of the cuisine of the region. So, you know, do you have to kind of adjust that a little bit? I mean, you're not you're not the chef, but your your brother would know better probably. But no, I I I think we came here. Sito, uh, uh, I mean the 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 the, the hawkers who came here, mm-hmm. including my brother, um, came here with the idea that we were bringing a Singaporean taste. So we were going to try to recreate it as accurately as we possibly could. Well, that's great. So, yeah, and, and and like this shrimp paste that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, they did have some difficulties finding, but in the end, they found a brand, I think, that 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 really worked quite well. And yesterday, I saw a lot of people uh, eating uh, the laksa dish, which has the, that shrimp paste, the rumpa. We call it the uh, blachan and the rumpa. Okay. Uh, and and they, they, they seem to like it. I think the American palate, I mean, everyone's palate, uh, I think has grown uh, so much because uh, developed so much because there's so everywhere in the world everybody else's cuisine is somehow represented. Right. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's good news, isn't it? It is very good news. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about your your own career. You started as a, a comedian, is that right? Um. <clears throat> Let me see. Uh, I, I, I started acting when I was very young, like in school, you know, like, like how you do, like you have a, a passion for, for being on stage. So I started like at 14 or 15, you know, just doing school stuff, community theater stuff. Uh, but I, I, I'm formally trained as a lawyer. So I went to law school. I, I, I finished that. I, I practiced for a short time. And then after that, I decided that um, I wanted to to give this uh, uh, arts and entertainment um, career a, 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 a go. And I, I left in 1997 to start to pursue that. And then since then, I have been acting, producing, directing, writing. I run my own production house. We have a cabaret trio called the Dim Sum Dollies. Uh, we just finished a big 20th anniversary show and um, somehow Crazy Rich Asians came along I got a little this little bit of um, Hollywood I suppose um, and uh, I, I met some wonderful people who helped me along uh, I've got uh, somebody who said you know they would take me on uh, a manager who found me uh, auditions and I, I got this amazing gift called the shotgun wedding with uh, JLo and Josh Dermer, which shot in the Dominican, the beautiful Dominican Republic during the pandemic. Uh, and we had a great time. I met amazing um, uh, actors and actresses. Um, and uh, right now I'm just waiting for the film to be released. That's it. In January, which is coming up. Coming up real soon. That's, that's exciting. And, and you're also an ambassador for Pink Dot. Is that right? Well, I, yes, I have been as a as a, a dim sum dolly as well. I, I don't know how much you know about the the uh, the movement, the, the the LGBTQ movement in Singapore. Um, it's only I think uh, three weeks ago when our prime minister finally announced that they will be repealing the the law that makes homosexuality uh, illegal amongst men in Singapore. So it's a big win. Yeah, for the for Pink Dot and for for all the activists, for everyone really, uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And uh, with, I think we just finished our fourteenth Pink Dot, and uh, and then the announcement came. So I, uh, we're, yeah, we're we're very 
happy. Uh, how do I say this? We're happy about it, but in a way, we're like, well, it shouldn't have been there in the first place. But you know, we'll, we'll take the win. Right. There is the the Chinese saying that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And there we go. You guys have made one. So, and probably several. Yeah. It takes a long time for 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 society yeah. attitudes to shift. It's it's a lot of work. It is. It is a lot of work, and and and, and I'm glad. I think one of the reasons why it has happened is is really kudos to the younger generation, um, to 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 the young the younger ones who really uh, live uh, who 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 really live without that that kind of prejudice anymore. Who you know who who just you know who who don't abide by the sort of old fashioned prejudices that you know people used to have. Well. Awesome. It's nice that we're making progress in in Please. in society and in cuisine. And thank you. Oh, for and sure. Thanks a lot, Selena Tan, thanks. for contributing to both. And uh, congratulations on your new film. Thank you very much. I hope to talk to you again sometime soon. I, I hope you get to taste the food. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go down there. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks, Brett. <laughs>